Welcome to the Life Refresh Podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. And if you are looking for a podcast that is designed to uplift, encourage, and revive your heart, mind, and spirit, you're in the right place. Welcome to the journey of becoming the version of you God designed from the foundations of the earth. Hello, welcome to Life Refreshed. It is Ryan Robinson here with you once again. Um, excited to be here with you. I've been um, going through uh, quite a lot, but I-, I want to really just jump in, really. We've been in a series called Life to Life, and we've been going through at least uh, two so far. One, the first one being the greatness where we talked about, uh, and we've been really focusing on the book of Mark when it comes to this, where we've talked about first off Jesus's uh, level of transfiguration and then the messy middle, finding out that Jesus has a level of, of uh, I would say discontent, but has some characteristics really that make it very difficult for someone to be a friend or have some uh, characteristics like, oh, I didn't know that you were that kind of person. And then helps you evaluate the relationship. So we've been really focusing on really discipleship. And that's what it really looks like. How do you live life to life with someone? The challenges that come with it, the characteristics, the highs, right, of being in your glory, doing what you do when you do it, how you do it, and killing it when you do what you do well. Um, and to pull something from Deion Sanders from back in the day, um, he always said, look good, feel good, play good. Uh, however grammatically uh, uh, astute that is or how that sounds at the end of the day it works it makes sense how you feel what you do when people observe how well you are uh, articulating performing it gathers and garners a lot of people but what we've learned so far is that there is a sense of a small group of people that you can only share that level of glory or greatness with. Um, Jesus had 12 disciples that turned into the 12 apostles, but he only had three, Peter, James, and John, who always was with him in critical points in his ministry. One, again, being the Garden of Gethsemane, where, or excuse me, not Garden of Gethsemane, <laughs> the Mount of Transfiguration, where he is in his glory, really in his, to get a preview of the risen glory that Jesus will have when he is crucified, buried, and risen from the dead, and he's having conversations with Moses and Elijah. But what we are going to talk about today is the part where most people want to start at, the grieving part of life to life. It's easy to be with someone when they're grieving, right? It usually pulls on our heartstrings for many cases because no one wants to feel bad. No one wants anyone to be alone during that season of life. But it's easy to, for people to jump in there because I can relate to that, right? We can all relate to a moment in time where we grieve, we lost something. Now, I'm always asking the question as to why Jesus decided to show his glory first and then showed his grieving. And I got a revelation, uh, and I believe the Holy Spirit prompted this, is that it's easy for someone to be at their highest pinnacle, to be there, 
to celebrate when the lights are on. You're performing at your best. You are the MVP. You take all the trophies home. It's easy for people to gravitate toward that. And in Jesus's ministry, it started like that. He started from the bottom. Now he's here. But then he gets to this point where he is bigger than life. And he is. And then he comes down to a moment right before the process of his crucifixion begins. And he is at his lowest. He is at a human level that we've all been to and been through at some point. But the grief that he endures during this time is actually unprecedented for someone that has been so great and so glorious, who is both God and man. So if think of your favorite you know, you might be a favorite preacher, your favorite artist um, that has been at the pinnacle of their career. They're at the top of the billboard. They are on every magazine cover. They are uh, talked about at the draft or whatever, it, whatever the case may be. But when they get to that level and then they drop down to a level that most people didn't think they could go. Most people run away. Most people won't buy the CD. They won't get a ticket. They literally won't be there to support someone. Even though everyone was there being a, I would say being a supporter. Um, but not really being a diehard fan of the person. They just celebrated what that person did. And Peter, James, and John, that Jesus chose, the three that Jesus chose and revealed himself at his highest and at his lowest, really exemplify characteristics that I believe as we're living life to life with folks, um, this will be important. So. I'm going to pull a scripture again. We're staying in the book of Mark. Uh, particularly, we're going to stay in uh, chapter 14, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. So, oops, um, the New Living Translation reads a little bit differently than what I have been reading. But, uh, you know, we're going to go through different versions of the Bible, y'all. And uh, some of the Bible, like this one reads really easy. So. Um, we're going to go to Mark chapter 14, and we will begin at uh, verse 32. There's about 10 verses, 10 verses, y'all, and I'll read it to you. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to deeply, began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it was possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but what you will be done. That's a powerful moment. I'm going to let that linger for a minute. 
But then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he found them again, found them sleeping. Again, found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So this is a very important part we call, uh, this is the prelude to what we call the passion or the suffering of Jesus. And that's what passion actually means. Actually means suffering. Um, What are you willing to suffer for uh, in order to get to the end? Um, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross, despising the shame. Uh, so anyway, I can get to that all day. But what are the lessons here when we're talking about grieving and sorrow when it comes to relationship? First of all, just like with glory and your greatness, you can't share it with everyone. Um, you really can't. It, it, it is probably being the most vulnerable uh, and, and in cases, many cases, vulnerability and what I've heard from many persons, uh, particularly a podcaster named Tim Ross, who has a podcast called The Basement, which is incredible. If you haven't read it, read it or listened to it, um, I highly suggest it. Um, but uh, he he speaks on vulnerability being a superpower. And I completely agree with that. Uh, however, it is hard for people to trust the individual with that level of vulnerability because uh, most of us are not looking to be betrayed. <laughs> uh, we really trust that people will keep a confidence. They will be persons that will be safe enough to share your deepest, darkest secrets with that you will be able to confide in and share some of the scariest moments with someone so that you just don't feel alone. But unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, people are people. Even in the 12, there was a betrayer. And the crazy part about it is that Jesus treated everyone the same, so much so that no one had an idea that uh, Judas, uh, the Iscariot, was his betrayer. So um, with that being said, there's a level of attribute that um, Jesus displays when he takes Peter, James, and John. So he honestly, at the beginning with the Mount of Transfiguration, established that he can trust these three. He can trust these three. So trust is a big piece of this, right? You have to be able to be vulnerable enough with individuals, but also trust individuals with that level of vulnerability so that they don't weaponize it against you. And honestly, you don't know. <laughs> you can't, you won't know who to trust unless you trust them. I'm going to say that again 
You don't know who to trust until you trust them. Don't say you trust them with everything, but you trust them with something. And it is just wise. It is, it is naive to give the whole piece of you to someone who hasn't earned the, the price of the weight you've paid in your life experiences. So but you can, over time, build trust. So clearly, Jesus knew something about these individuals, being both God and man, that Peter, James, and John had that he could trust an individual with his, not just his greatness, but with his grief, his sorrow. Now, Gethsemane means a place uh, pressing. Uh, it's, it's a place of pressing. So you are, if we're taking the illustration of pressing uh, wine, or not wine, excuse me, olive oil, everything in the olive press gets crushed except the pit of it, which makes it extra virgin olive oil. You crush the pit, it darkens and creates some some uh, cloudiness within the oil, but the oil that is the extra virgin without the pit being destroyed is actually the most valuable. So the thing is, you can't take everyone with you in your most vulnerable place, but also the most valuable place. Why? Because vulnerability makes you connect with someone. You're vulnerable enough because you can be tangible. You can be, you can relate. That's why most people relate to people's, their sufferings and their challenges versus their greatness. We aspire to greatness, but we relate to individuals through their transparency of vulnerability of life experiences. So Peter, James, and John are the ones that are able to take Jesus as he is, a miracle worker, a glory, uh, uh, God in the flesh, but also a man in flesh struggling, struggling with a life and a choice and a circumstance by which he's asking to actually get out of. But thanks be to God that he did, that God, our father, didn't answer that prayer. It was his will that Jesus goes through that so that we might have life in that life more abundantly. Okay, so we started one, trust. If you want to have someone with you um, in this grieving portion of life, you need to have someone that you can trust. Uh, two, you just need, characteristic is someone to just sit and watched with you. Sit and watch with you. Um, sometimes, and again, there's nothing wrong. I know most of us have the intention of being helpful. But there's times when I just don't want anyone to say anything. <laughs> I know I'm going through a struggle. I'm going through a rough time. Sometimes you just need somebody to sit with you. And that's what Jesus asks. He said, why don't you just sit with me? Stay and keep watch. I don't need you to say nothing. I don't need you to give me any advice. I know what I'm going through. And an incredible emotional awareness that Jesus has is to be like, I know what I'm going through. I don't need anyone to give me any insight or any encouragement what I have to go through. I don't want to go through. 
So I'm just wrestling with it. So while I wrestle, will you just be there at the turnbuckle, at the ropes? Like we're at WWE. And if I just need somebody to throw me some water, throw me a towel or something, can you just sit here with me? Can you just sit here with me? Um, the biggest thing when it comes to discipleship relationships is that we just need to have people that are willing to just sit with us and say nothing. Sometimes there's nothing that can be said. And many times we already know what we need. We just don't want anyone to tell us. We just want to be in a moment where it's just rough. We just want to feel the emotion. We want to be sad. Uh, We want to be distraught. We want to feel those emotions and having someone there with you to feel those emotions is incredible you you, you need that a place that's safe a, some a place that someone can keep watching cover you while you are recovering you need that you need someone to cover you while you are recovering why because when you're grieving you're at your most vulnerable So not only do you have the gift of vulnerability, you're also in a vulnerable position yourself. And the people that are around you can actually cover you while you are recovering. That's an important piece there. Um, That they can cover you. They can keep distractions. They can keep... uh, people from poking the bear and trying to figure out and get the inside scoop of what's going on with you. No, people just need to be there for you without having any kind of uh, rapport, any kind of report, any kind of detail. I just need you to sit with me. And that's why Jesus got frustrated. He's like, can y'all just wake, be awake with me just for an hour? And, and the Bible says their eyes were heavy. So that means they were been up for a long time. And they did their best that they could. They did the best that they could. But this is the thing, y'all. And this brings me to point three of this. So let me recap. One, you need someone to trust in, right? That's the first one. Trust with your vulnerability. Two, you need to have someone that's just willing to sit and not say anything and sit with you in the grief. Okay. And then number three, which I think is probably the most if not one of the most important pieces here is they don't take offense when you are emotionally charged in a grieving situation jesus got mad (laughs) at these guys first thing he says here in uh verse let me pull back up here in verse 37, he says, he returns back to the disciples, says, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he's like, y'all, listen, y'all need to wake up. (laughs) He's like, do y'all realize I need y'all right now? Now, this is the thing. Many of us will take offense to that. We're like, listen, I, I'm, I'm either, okay, I'm going to bed. 
I'm just going to go to bed. I, if you're mad at me, I'm going to be mad. You're going to be mad at me. So I'm not going to sit here and get abused of, of you know, I, I'm doing the best I can here. Right. It's late. It's midnight, maybe past midnight. Um, if Peter's like me, it don't take me long to go to sleep. So I can just sit there quiet for a minute and then I'm out. Right. Uh, will tell on myself, but honestly, this is what happens. It happens like that. But the thing is, these guys didn't leave. They did not take offense to their friend who was in need of support. And many times, as we're going through life and going through levels of discipleship with individuals and walking life with one another, we can get offended easily because we're trying to help. Like, I'm here to help you kind of thing. But realizing, hey, this person is going through some things. They might say some things that they may not mean. They may uh, not be understanding how that might affect you. But honestly, they're trying to figure out how all of this is affecting them. And Jesus here is clearly trying to figure out. He's like, I don't want to do the thing that I've been sent here to do. And that is something to wrestle with. Again, he's already in a place of pressing. So he has to go back one, three times to figure out what to do. And the closer he gets to just being at peace with what the will of the Father is. As soon as he gets to that point, Jesus is arrested. But you know what? This is the thing, though. You always have to have friends with you and build relationships with those who are comfortable and okay being with you no matter what the circumstances, especially when you're grieving. There be things that are said that may be harmful. And this is the other part too. Most people actually push others away. Jesus said, I'm, you stay here. I'm going to go further on. I'm going to go deeper into the garden. And the thing is, most time people will take offense to the fact that they weren't there for their friend. You wouldn't let me go in there with you. And honestly, Jesus wasn't asking for that. I just need you to sit there with me. That's why it's important. Again, I'm just going to run these three back. Trust with the vulnerability. While you're vulnerable, they'll cover you. Two, being okay just sitting and staying and keeping watch while your friend is doing what they need to do. And then making sure that you are steadfast, unmovable <laughs> when that friend has emotional challenges and changes and things that could affect our dialogue, that could be hurtful to you. But they're going through things. That's why friends need safety. And that's what Jesus felt. He felt safe with Peter, James, and John. It's not that he didn't feel safe with the other twelve, or excuse me, the other nine. It's not that he didn't feel safe with the other nine. He just felt the most that he could be himself in his glory and in his grief with three guys who wouldn't judge him none. 
and you don't hear anything in those scriptures that I talked about in the previous podcast or which anyone has said anything about, I wonder why Jesus is acting like that. He usually doesn't act like that. They didn't say anything. They just let the man be what he was being. They let him feel the way that he felt. They let him really embrace the sorrow without judgment. And that's why it's so important for us to be able to, again, not just live life in a level of discipleship, because again, these are principles for living a a great discipleship, a life to life experience. But at the same time, this is how you build friendship, like not just the associate friendship, the deep friendship that if I'd done something stupid, I can tell you. And all I'm going to say is like, dude, why would you do that? All right, so what are we going to do? What's the game plan? <laughs> what do you think? Right, let, let's get to a solution. Let's let's get to the one, let's get to the root cause, but also to how can we get you healthy again so that you'll be able to be all that you've been called and all that I know that you can be. You need that kind of person that can pull the real you out again as you're trying to figure out what got you to a particular place in your career, your life, what have you. Um, I, I love this particular teaching. I think this was one of the things that I, and honestly, I want to share this before we get going. Um, I'm a music head. <laughs> I love music. I've mentioned that before, but uh, I, I want you to really understand where this came from. I was listening to uh, this song called Back to Life. And it's, uh, if you hear the refrain, it goes, God, I I'll sing it a little bit, but don't judge me. It's like back to life, back to reality. Okay, there we go. That's all you get. <laughs> um, but this song is actually created. Get this by a group of British R&B band called Soul to Soul. And I felt God I was like, man, I want to get life to life again. Like I want to be able to, that. and I heard the song. I just had the refrain in my head and uh, I was doing something. I was washing dishes and completely forgot that the band or the group that sung that song it's called soul to soul. That's what happens when we live life to life. It's really soul to soul. So I'm hoping and I pray that this has been an impactful uh, series for you all as you're walking through life with someone. Again, don't be afraid of small group, but also don't be afraid to be all that you are, particularly in your lowest moments. Let's not pretend that we're hurt, that we struggle, that we have sorrow. But let's not pretend we don't need anybody as we're going through it. All right? All right. Well, as usual, share this podcast. Rate it on your favorite podcast platforms. And we'll see you and catch you on the next pod. Peace.